You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. I love your hair. <laughs> it's uh, good. It's a good look. Is that are, is that me? Are you making fun of me? No, no. no. Uh, there's nothing changed. I don't know what you're seeing. It's it's. Have you been hitting look, the HGH, making look, you look decades I look, younger? I look the same as ever. You're off in your own reality, Bob. Yeah, apparently so. Anyway, whatever you do, don't lose that look. Whoever did your hair, you should sign them to a lifetime contract. I uh, uh, I plan to come back, but I really, there's nothing different, Bob. I don't know why you're making such a big deal of this. Now, Mickey, uh, surely this is going to segue before we know it into something relevant to the week's news or something relevant to something other than your needing I would, counseling. I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it, Bob. There's there's really no change here. OK, listen, Mickey, I got to run. Um, just, we, we should go to the parrot room, I think. Let's uh, let's, let's, let's just uh, let's just go over the show. You know, let's do it. Okay. You, you know what um, this is, among other things, a great incentive for people who have been listening on podcasts, audio podcasts, to just jump in and watch the whole damn thing in all of its dimensions, because this is wild, folks. This is wild. There, what I'm looking at is wild. There is. A, there is. Well, anyway. Are you making fun of me? Because, like, my hair. No. In fact, we got a comment in the in the, in the parrot room last week that somebody needs to stage an intervention in my hair. This, of course, this, this seems to have troubled you something. Something about my appearance. Uh, you know, don't, don't trigger me, you know, I'm fine. Was that a test? This is a test of me. Like, is this a test of what, whether I'm transphobic or something? Speaking of are which, you, you got a little competition. Are you talking for the, to me? You talking to me? Well, you, uh, you got a little competition in the run for governor. Does the name Jenner ring a bell? From Caitlyn Jenner? Yeah. Is this? Oh, is this? Are you? Is this related to your run for? Could the be. Could be. California I don't know. Governorship. Uh, she, I. 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 Um. I tend not to think that Caitlyn Jenner is a serious candidate. Really? Just. Yeah. I mean, it's too much for people to swallow. I mean, when, when, just before he became a woman. He killed somebody gratuitously on Pacific Coast Highway in an, in Wait, an he accident. Did? Is that, I didn't know that. He had a car accident. He had a car accident. probably wasn't his fault, but obviously technically it was his fault. He, he, um, he, uh, hit, hit a, he, he braked too late, hit a car. He, he was towing something. He braked too late, hit a car and pushed it into the, into the uh, path of a Hummer who was coming mm. the other way and killed somebody. And that sort of all got completely hushed up in the process of his transition. Didn't the actor uh, Matthew Broderick, Broderick kill somebody in a car accident in Ireland, Mickey? I don't hear you talking about that. Is that because Matthew is, Broderick is, is not running trans? for governor? No, he's not running for I don't governor. think that's it. I think this is. I, I think the whole Laura thing is Bush. falling into place. This Laura strange Bush. effort to conceal your transphobia by doing whatever it is you're doing right now. <laughs> Laura Bush killed somebody. I mean, I mean, did she in a car? In a car. I don't suppose it was George. No. Adlai, Adlai Stevenson, when he was a kid, shot and killed a little girl. And you've never mentioned any of them before either. Isn't that funny? Uh, They're not trans. I you just, don't complain about their. No, I, it, it's, it, 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 the, the only reason really Bruce, sorry, Caitlyn Jenner is, uh, uh oh, more is, evidence. Is, 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 pro- is prominent, is, is, is prominent is because of the transition. Otherwise he, 
she would just be a mere decathlon champion. <laughs> a mere decathlon champion. He had a, he, he involved in a hit Bruce TV show. Bruce Jenner, oh, when I oh, was okay. a boy, was on the cover of, uh, on the box Wheaties. of Wheaties. Okay. Wheaties, correct. And, and I, I don't recall seeing you there. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I, I, I haven't grokked Bruce, sorry, Caitlyn Jenner. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't, it seems to me that Newsom is on track to, uh, to win unless the crime issue upends him, which well, wait, is, well. is Caitlin the main uh, opponent? I don't keep track of California. The opponents. press is treating her as the main opponent and, and they shouldn't. That's the point. There there's nobody opponents. else worth mentioning apparently. Cause you're not mentioning. There is a bunch of uh, medium level Republicans like Cox and uh, the former mayor of, of San Diego, but uh, no, nobody, nobody who proposes any sort of threat hmm. has, has emerged. Uh, you know what? If you want to unseat Newman, that the conventional wisdom is, you need a Democrat to jump in the race. Mickey, it's, the phone's ringing. It could be your hairdresser. If I were you, I would no, get it. It's not. It's not. My I think you're due for a touch-up. It was looking better five my, minutes ago. You, you see, you have some, you have some weird thing about my appearance, and you think my phone is ringing. My phone is not ringing. Oh yes, it is. How can how come you can hear that and I can't? There's something blocking my ears. Um. Anyway, I'm not going to answer it. Are you at any point going to reveal like what the idea behind this particular little bit of shtick is? Why does there have to be an idea behind every, every, everything? We're Bob? making Can't progress. You didn't deny that it's a shtick. You're acknowledging now. You're acknowledging now that there's something weird about your hair. That's good. We're making progress. Um, let's, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, I have I'll, a list. I yield to you. At some point, my phone will stop ringing. Uh, Ooh, Nostradamus! Um, that wig is good uh, for your your uh, foresight. Well, we have uh, uh, Liz Cheney about to get ousted from her position as the number three Republican in the House, mm-hmm. uh, and um, being mm-hmm. replaced by supposedly by somebody who, uh, at least us uh, immigration skeptics in the MAGA base, thinks is is probably worse than Cheney. Uh, at least Stefanik, who's been for a series of amnesties and her, her only, uh, Trump credentials is she's, is that she's mindlessly, uh, repeated some of his claims about the election. So she's sort of the worst of both worlds. She's irresponsible on the election and, uh, untrumpy and conventional on the issues. So and Trump think, is backing her, right? Trump is Trump, Trump is, is backing her, but I think there's still a chance to block her because the base, which supposedly, you know, takes its orders from Trump and, and blindly follows dear leader, isn't following him. I mean, half the base is is saying they hate Stefanik and she shouldn't get it. And 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 they, you know, the the the, the vote against Cheney uh, comes maybe a few days before the vote against Stefanik. They haven't scheduled mm-hmm. uh, the Stefanik vote, uh, so they may there's still a chance to bounce her. Okay, uh, but but Cheney's toast in any event, right? I think Cheney is toast, and that doesn't bother me. It, should, it doesn't bother you, right? Because she's a she's a hawk. He's a hawk. And I, yeah. are we ever going to see her again? Is she going to turn this into uh, some kind of well, asset she she, down the she, road? She, she, I assume she'll try. She doesn't. You know, she doesn't lose her congressional seat, and she's uh, facing a divided mm-hmm. field. But the assumption is that once Trump anoints one person in that field, that person will become the focal point of discontent with her and she will lose but it's 
it's not a foregone conclusion that she loses her, her seat. Um, uh, I, I think, you know, she must have some plan B. I mean, I think she's sincere in her opposition to Trump, but, but how, what is her plan for victory? Politicians usually have a plan for victory. Or, and I think her plan is to run for president. I think it's, you know, if she, she can be a third party. I would welcome her as a third party candidate in 2024. Well, it would kill, it would kill the Republicans. No kidding. Potenti- no kidding. Potential. Making you read Potent- my mind. Potentially. I mean, third party candidates tend to wither toward the end, but she, Wouldn't you know, take they, much. Well, plus the never Trumpers really have had it with the Republican party, especially if they nominate Trump. So she could kill Trump. In fact, right. now that I think of it, the best of all possible outcomes is she runs for president and negotiates a deal with Trump where neither of them, they both drop out and let somebody else actually assume the mantle of the Republican Party. Uh, but um, I, I, I think there are a lot of never Trumpers who just won't vote for Trump this time around, and they've been looking for somebody else. They're more likely, they're unlikely to gravitate toward Harris. They might gravitate toward Biden. Yeah, well, uh, it's zany out there. Anyway, it looks like the Trumpists are going to take over the Republican Party, right? Well, it... Yes, but the question is, will Trump take over the Republican Party? And the the ridiculous uh, illusion that Trump wouldn't run again, which was prevalent a uh, you know a couple of weeks ago, seems to be dissipating. Even Byron York is saying, "Well, he's saying he's going to run. It sure looks like he's going to run." So uh, it's pretty obvious that he may well run, and I think the odds are that he will run, which would be a disaster. Um, I uh, one hopes that the prosecutors in New York. Uh, tie him up pretty thoroughly so that he can't run. What, but, tie uh, Trump up? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're uh, you know. They're, they shouldn't do that. I don't, uh, you know, I don't even, like, else, I don't even how, like this Rudy thing. How else are we going to get rid of them? Well, I mean, I don't know. You know, the, the uh, he may not see the light of Facebook uh, between now and then. You know, yeah, you know, so the Facebook Supreme Court spoke this week. You know about I, this? Uh, I do know. And what they said was, you know, this is this oversight board that Zuckerberg created to take the heat off of him for big cancellation decisions. But they actually didn't do him that service because what they said was, well, you were right. He, he deserved uh, suspension given uh, his, his activities on Facebook around January 6th. But uh, you suspended him indefinitely. That's unsatisfactory. What you should do is within six months, they, the, the Facebook Supreme Court has uh, told Facebook that within six months, it needs to come out and tell us how long Trump is suspended for. Is it a permanent suspend, suspension? Is it a finite period of time? Um, now, you know what, Mickey? I did the math. I just want to let you know something. Six months from the day the Facebook Supreme Court spoke, is November 5th. Now, let's say that Facebook on November 5th just picks a round number. Mm, three years. He's suspended for three years. You know what? Three years from six months from the day the Facebook you Supreme Court have, spoke is? It is Election Day 2024. You may, you may have uh, figured out the, the Rosetta Stone of Facebook. It seemed like a cop-out to me. I mean, it's ridiculous that Trump is banned. Here we have Bush, uh, sorry, Biden, uh, pushing all sorts of controversial policies, and there's nobody with a really big soapbox to oppose them. Now, Trump would oppose them badly and ham-handedly and self-servingly, but, you know, that's it's not the job of of, uh, of Facebook to decide who's 
ham-handed and self-serving. And the case against Trump was pretty weak. I mean, if you read it, it he said, we love you to the rioters. Well, you know, that's, that's a little short of inciting a riot. He said, go home. We love you. You know, I mean, I I mean, Twitter, I mean, Twitter has suspended him for, uh, has banned him for life, I think. They actually, although they didn't have the sense to articulate it this way, they, they had the killer case against him because that, that tweet about Pence when the people, when they were in the Capitol and Trump basically accused Pence of treason, knowing they were in the Capitol and, and that, you know, Pence was in danger, they should have just focused on that tweet and said, you're, that, you're out of here for life. And, and that would have been a legit decision. It's a better case for impeaching him than it is for banning him. Oh, it was fine for I mean, banning him. They, they could have done a better job of articulating it than the uh, impeachers did. But anyway, uh, so uh, it'll be interesting it, to see. But don't be surprised if in six months they ban Trump for three years. I'm just saying. Apparently, the, the Zuckerberg's Zuckerberg's plan for uh, restoring Facebook's reputation is to show uh, the world more of the real Mark Zuckerberg. What's he, he doing? He's cracking jokes. He has Elon Musk envy. He's trying to like be a personality. Big mistake. He should go on Joe, Joe Rogan and smoke a joint. Uh, anyway, I don't think he has a personality. But um, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know who. What, what? What's an example of a joke? A Zuckerberg joke? You know, I didn't click on the joke to find out. <laughs> you can. It, it, this just happened like half an hour ago. That's a sign of a badly set up joke. This was on Facebook. He like did something witty Nobody on said, Facebook. Yes. Nobody said, oh, this is a hilarious joke. I, 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 I went on the show of, uh, here's my latest paranoid theory. Mm-hmm. I went on the show of my friend Ed Martin, who's a, a Trumpist, uh, probably more of a Trumpist than I am. And he wait, just, wait, visited... he voted for him three times. Sorry. No, sorry. Sorry. No, he, um, I don't think he wants to get rid of him now. Okay. Okay. Uh, and keep in mind, my plan—my plan when voting for him was, uh, sure, you know, sure, we, it was, yeah. We we vote for him, and then somehow we get rid of him quickly. Match, I, yeah. That's that's I, that's I, always I, the way I do my voting. I vote for someone in hopes that like they'll they'll there's they'll assume there's, office and then die the next day. That's most well, Americans think that way. It seemed better than the alternative at the time, okay? Because uh, uh, I thought that Biden was going to have a big majority in the Senate. Uh, so um anyway, he said he'd visited the house, he'd visited his friends in Congress. He's a politician. Uh and they were measuring the drapes to take over the house. They they the Republicans are completely confident that they can take over the house. The, they will. You know, all these they democratic will. retirements, the numbers look good. They just won a big election in Texas. Uh mm-hmm. they're totally con- and that means they don't that means the establishment is still in control. They they don't think they really have to make any concessions to hmm. Trumpists at all, specifically on immigration, which is the big issue that Biden is vulnerable on. One of the two big issues, two or three big issues, but, but, he's vulnerable wait, on. And so wait. they're it's the same old bullshit. They're gonna they think they're gonna take power and then they're gonna pass an amnesty. It's like it's like uh, a nightmare. But hold on. I mean, and, the, Stefan, and Stefanik is the perfect person to push the amnesty because she's pushed them before. I agree that that the Republicans are almost certainly going to take the House. But that assumes a certain amount of Trumpist energy. That assumes that the can- Republican candidates have the sense to act as if they like Trump, which means they have to talk the talk to some extent. So it's not like we're going to see 
than yeah. major departures from the Trump Trump talking points. No, but there's a way that there's a way to to you first you can you can mobilize people with the gun issue and the crime issue. Second, there's a way to raise the immigration issue, which they've uh, perfected, which does not foreclose the possibility of selling out later. So, you know, you say the border is out of control or immigration system is broken. Uh, you know, we need a more orderly system. And then, you know, I heard it's on talk radio driving across the country, you know, on Jay Sekulow's show. Oh, the, you know, comprehensive immigration would solve all these problems, this disorder. Uh, you know, it, it wouldn't, but that's the, that's the party line. Wait, it's, Jay it's, Sekulow has a show. He was one of Trump's attorneys or something. I thought he did. It was, it was being hosted by his son. So this was Jay Sekulow's oh son. It was, I don't think it was a very well listened to show. It was, it was not very good. But it, it was setting up. This, but as uh, you pointed out a couple of weeks ago, all of the shows are bad. That was your conclusion after driving across the country. Correct. All but this was, talk radio this, is bad. This was the worst. There was one local guy who was better than the others. But um, the guy who, who had the phone callers who said that there were eight man crews coming to get their guns. At least he plumbed a level of local paranoia that the national guys did, didn't. Plumb. You know, who is, as you, you yourself have said, is the master of. Uh, of mass communication is Tucker Carlson. And do you mind if I uh, play you another uh, Tucker Carl- uh, Carlson highlight? So last week, last week, you, you, uh, you shifted your trolling from Bannon to Tucker Carlson, but Bannon had Stefanik on. He was in the news this week. Well, Bannon is definitely, I mean, I, I have kind of just fallen away from the Bannon podcast by and large. I'd like to see what's happened to his numbers overall. I'm sure they've dropped. He's just not, you know, he was at the center of the drama. He was like the, one of the key mobilizing forces for the whole Stop the Steal movement. All, all the, you know, for the for the year prior to the election, he was the guy to watch. But I'm just not that interested anymore. I mean, you tell me what's he what 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 do you get from watching? What does he represent? Does he does he represent what Trumpism will be as it dominates the Republican Party? Or no, he's more radical than what it will actually be, right? Uh, I hope so. He, he, um, he, he, I never listened to him in the first place, Bob. You're the, you're the one who was the fan. I mean, stop the steal isn't dead. We have the Arizona recount. Aren't you gripped by that? Oh, I know. He's, he's, they're still reliving that. Trump is still talking about it. Um, Bannon is still, I mean, I did tune in, uh, enough to know that he's still saying what he was saying, like right after the election. Talking about the individual states, we're going to get this state overturned. Gonna, he's still saying once once one falls, they all fall, like as if we are still going to reverse the election or something. I don't know. But anyway, Tucker, he's moved on from masks to vaccines. Now, this is maybe not quite as wacko as the mask rant I gave you. It's not, but there's something pretty weird about it. Now, I warn you that in between his the, his, the two Tucker utterances, you do have to listen to a Barack Obama public service announcement, which is what. Tucker is uh, commenting on, but you know it's good to good to good to hear from PSAs, public service announcements, with its on-air talent demanding that everyone in the country get the shot. Barack Obama just released this creepy little video telling small children to get the shot. Hi, everybody! It's Barack. Now that every American over the age of sixteen is eligible to get the vaccine, I want to talk about you getting yours. The vaccine is safe, it's effective, it's free. I got one. Michelle got one. People you know got one. And now you can get one too. 
It's the only way we're going to get back to all the things we love, from safely spending time with grandparents to going to concerts and watching live sports. So get the vaccine as soon as you can. Some creepy old guy telling your children, your little kids, to take medicine whose effects we do not fully understand. It's totally normal. Yeah, that, that happens every day. Don't ask questions. Just do it. As CNN explained recently, we're not getting our freedom back until you do. Um, so uh, here's like what. So first of all, he says twice, he says Obama is telling small children to get the vaccine. Then you hear Obama he's saying 16 year old. That's age 17. When you're 17, you're old enough to have sex with Matt Gates. OK, Tucker wouldn't say Matt Gates is having sex with small children. That's. Okay. What, but maybe in the video he was talking to small children. I wondered that, too. No, no, it's all Obama. I saw it. It's just Obama. That's all you're seeing. It's an Obama taping. He's just it's just Obama. OK, well, that's and, a- and he doesn't even say these 17 year old kids should get vaccinated. He just says now that people over 16 are eligible, I have a, I want to say uh, talk to you about you getting your vaccine. And, and I, but the serious question is like. Doesn't Tucker's audience, I know like they're all in for Tucker and everything, but when he says you're going to hear a creepy guy tell small children to get the vaccine and then Obama comes on and notes that 17 year olds are eligible, doesn't that kind of hurt his stock a little? It just seems weird. I, I think he's been hurting his stock a lot and I can't, can't quite understand it either. I mean, there's a conspiracy theory, I guess, that the Fox people sort of like his high ratings and don't want him to run for president. So they're, they're telling him to do things that, uh, will destroy his political viability uh, or Whoa. or. Uh, but, but I thought he didn't have much advertising revenue because so few advertisers want to be on his show. I don't know that, but th- I don't think their only uh, revenue is advertising revenue. Don't they get fees from cable companies? Well, they get those I, regardless of what they put on. I, and maybe uh, those correspond to ratings. Uh, I don't the, know. Uh, but the, the ratings, they, their de- the ratings govern Fox. I know that. So if he if he comes up with keeps coming up with wacky new, ever more irresponsible themes to to bring up on his show, it's in pursuit of ratings. I think, and you know, they get ratings every quarter hour, so they know which guests are good. And so, uh, as John Ellis says, the 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 the, the the viewers program the network. The network doesn't program the viewers. So um, uh, there's that, and he maybe. But but why would he let himself do that? Uh, well, right. I mean, that, I this know. is in his hands. He's, the network doesn't dem- doesn't come in one day. It's okay, Tucker. You have to act crazy again tonight. I mean, he's oh yeah, in, no, oh, they do. They, they, the, the viewers do. He switched. He flipped from being COVID is something to worry about to COVID is 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 exaggerated overnight. But that and, was his call, I'm sure. It was cause, it was cause, it was cause the viewers rebelled. Yeah, the viewers, but not, what I'm saying is it's not the decision of the network chiefs when he does something like this. They say follow the viewers, asshole. Well, right. He's incentivized to get ratings, but his, his decision to do it in this particular manner. I mean, I, I, he just seems to be getting weirder and weirder. And that must say something about something. Uh, I don't know. I I think it's, I think it says that he, you, you still support him for president. Am I right? Um, it's a horse race between him and J.D. Vance. For your support, you mean? For the coveted, the Mickey primary, yes. Can I just make one other point? More just quickly before we move yeah. on. Your hair looks marvelous. Thank you. Um, um, and you're still not going to tell us what this is about. Uh, the um, So, 
the uh, you know JD Vance is making a big deal of this uh the this childcare credit in the Biden stimulus as opposed to the uh child tax the refundable child tax care credit which just sends cash to people the child care tax credit subsidizes formal daycare mm-hmm. and his point is that parents would rather take care of their kids uh but themselves maybe rather than put things into institutionalized daycare uh, with credentialism and unions and all that crap. Uh, and he may be right, but then the question, the big question is, will he also endorse sending the cash to parents who don't work? And then you've that, That's welfare. a big question for Mickey, not, big, not, not necessarily a big question for, for people out there. In, no, he's in got, that. he's gotten, uh, queries on Twitter, including one, as I, as I said last week, one from Matt Iglesias saying, which way are you going to jump on this? So we don't know which way he's going to jump. Uh, but, um, Wait, uh, but so he's wait. What do we know about his position? I, I thought he, he was said against, he has an open. He said he has an open mind and he prefers Holly's plan. But he didn't say. But he I, is I, against I, preschool uh, education support, right? I don't know about that. He's talking he, about daycare. He, he so tweeted. He's not talking he, about. He's not talking about preschool education. I don't. I don't know that at all that he's against preschool education. Oh, he's, I meant. I mean, like pre-K, meaning daycare, basically. That, but but. Uh, well, you but know. The, those are different. Okay. You know, Biden has promised two, you know, two years of formal preschool. That's different from daycare. I think that's actually in a school and it's not the really young ages. So, um, uh, what do I know about, about, uh, birthing personing? You know, you can't say mother anymore. You have to say birthing person. Right. Or is it birthing a bull person? Um, Mothering, I don't think I used to use mothering as a verb anyway, did I? You can't say mother. Ah, come on. Up against the wall, birthing person. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like red, redneck birthing person. Right. Um, um so anyway, so anyway, so I, I you know, the, 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 the latest flavor of the month among Republicans is, is Tim Scott, which seems ridiculous to me. Uh, Coulter had a pretty good column pointing out that uh what was the what's the point of a guy who's sort of uh half half BLM who like doesn't counter BLM but sort of well maybe uh, he could win with, maybe he's a compromise candidate he seems he seems like a pretty likable guy he's a very likable guy but uh that's not enough to be president on a bet i mean being an unlikable <laughs> guy seems to be enough um, we we've had in succession an unlikable guy and a likable guy so apparently you're safe either way. Now, Mickey, here's something relevant to this whole business of uh, child subsidies, child tax credit. The birth rate, we learned this week, America's birth rate declined for the sixth straight year. That Now, that's your hairdresser. Pick that up. You got two different rings. Hello. Hello. Is that a robot? It was Lisa from Spectrum asking me if I was paying high bills for my internet and TV. Was it a real person or a robot? Uh, I don't think it was a real person. You didn't treat treat, treat it like a real her person. Was, her name was Lisa. Okay. So um, birth rate, uh, there's a real, we, we face the real uh, specter of uh, population decline in America. And you saw what happened to Japan, Mickey. 
they're languishing now. There are two things I can I can imagine we could do about this. I'm sure you'll support them do, both. One would people, be more immigration. The other would be tax credit to support, uh, you know, children so that we'll have more children, especially low, low middle income. It, you like those? It's, it's not clear to me that a declining population is 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 a particular problem for any purpose other than beating China uh, and having the maximum GDP possible that we can tax and turn into uh, defense contracts. Other than that, are the Chinese, are the Japanese, do they think they have a horrible quality of life? They're, they're, they're hiring, they're building robots to do tasks that they don't have enough people to do. And, and, and people who've been to Japan say they have, they're doing fine. They're not asking for help. Uh, the, I, I, I wouldn't mind Actually, at they all. Are, they are importing labor and, and they don't give well, it. They're trying to import labor, but they're such racist that nobody wants to go, go live in Japan if they're not Japanese. I'm not sure I'd put it like, well, well, there's a, there's a slightly different problem is they're importing the labor, but they're very reluctant to grant any kind of path to citizenship. They are just guest workers for a few years and then they're, they're supposed having, to leave. Uh, I, I, I relied mainly on Noah Smith for this, probably a mistake, but, uh, my impression is they're having trouble recruiting people. Look, we can always open up to immigration if we want. If our immigration system works and assimilates people, great. Uh, that's an option we have. What we can't do is open up to immigration and then realize we've let in too many people. But Mickey, uh, so you it's like, yourself. It's like, it's like getting your hair cut, Bob. You can cut it, but you can't make it grow longer. And yet, look what happened to you between last week and this week, Mickey. It's miracle um, grow. Um, so, so, uh, but, but wait, Mickey, you know, you yourself have, uh, I would not say embraced, uh, replacement theory, but have said it shouldn't surprise us if white people in America start worrying about being replaced. Well, if, 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 if that's a problem, then feeling that way, then, then the solution isn't immigration by your own lights. It's a higher birth well, rate. You know, if we, if, if we, if we, I think a higher birth rate is something, if we really think it's a problem that we should try first, keep in mind, as countries around the world go rich, get richer, the birth rate goes down. It seems to be an ineluctable law. So we, we want to get richer, and that means the birth rate will go down. It's sort of, it's sort of foolish to pretend. But, but I think it's now below. It's not, it's not an, so maybe it goes down to below replacement. I think it's about uh, there now. Yeah. The, uh, there are some countries. I think Yugoslavia has offered a bonus for, for having children and it seems to have worked. So you could try that. But wait, that's exactly I, what you're against. That's no, what you I'm, rail against. I'm, I'm against giving it to, no, I'm not, I'm not against giving it to families as long as there's a minimum work requirement. And, and, and that, that's, quite negotiable what i'm against is taking fam taking non-families and families that do no work and saying okay you can live on this uh child payment if you have a working family and you give them a little bit of assistance which is the bulk of the people who would get the child tax credit uh that's fine so j you know the holly plan that jd vance says he favors does not give money to non-workers the rubio plan does not give money to non-workers they both subsidized childbirth, and I have no particular problem with that. The uh, Romney plan and the Biden plan both would recreate welfare by giving it to non-workers. So I'm only I'm only for not giving it to the half or a third who don't work. It's less than half. Uh, so you're mischaracterizing my position. Uh, but um, uh, we should try that before we open the floodgates to immigration. We should also make clear, make sure that we have full employment for everybody who wants a job before 
we start bringing in, uh, bringing in low wage workers because that's, uh, that's what prompts replacement fears. If people don't have a job and they see the job going to an immigrant, that's what's going to happen now. We've put, uh, we, if you look at the, the job numbers are disappointing yet, yet employers are screaming that they can't find the workers because the workers are all getting their high unemployment checks and don't want to go to work. And a million people are coming in the Southern border. So what's going to happen? Those million people are going to take the jobs and the Americas are going to be out of luck when they, when the benefits expire in September. So you could argue that replacement is exactly what's going on now. And business wants more replacement. What is happening at the border? Suddenly you're not reading about it. No, I think I talked about it last time. No, I said, so I said you're not reading about it for a while. Well, it was sure. like in the headlines, a crisis at the border. Well, sure, Biden, because the press is, Biden is counting on the press losing interest and also the press being pro-Biden. So he's showing them an empty border patrol uh, facility when really he's just moved all the women and kids to another HHS facility. Mm-hmm. And he says, see, the border patrol facilities are empty. We have it under control. Well, the the people are still here and they're still getting in. But but that even that is a total sideshow because women and children are not the bulk of the people coming in. The bulk of the people getting in are these single men who are just sneaking in. They're not claiming asylum. They're just sneaking in in part while the Border Patrol is distracted and in part because Biden doesn't really seem to want to stop them, you know? So uh, 18-wheelers are pulling up. They're letting out a cargo of single, healthy adult males. And those people, 80, 80 90%, 70% of them, are getting in and they're not going to leave. So that's our new workforce. I'm surprised you can't generate some publicity for this. Well, th- Todd Bensman wrote, went, went to the border and did a very good report and it hasn't been picked up, shockingly, hmm. uh, by the mainstream media. And, and you can speculate as to why that is. So, uh, you know, here's a headline. Here's a quiz for you. The headline from this week is, Reaching herd immunity is unlikely in the U.S., experts now believe. Now, Mickey, who, what one person more than any other is responsible for this fact? For for not reaching herd immunity? The fact that we're, the apparent fact that we're not going to reach herd immunity. You're going to say Tucker Carlson or no, Donald Trump. No. I don't think Trump has been that important. Totally, totally. Has totally. Trump said people shouldn't get vaccinated? A... He, more than anyone, is responsible for turning the whole, how seriously do we take this? Do we wear masks into a political But the, but the vaccine the vaccine is his baby. He takes credit yeah. for the vaccine. Does he order? He says, I, I'm great because I created this vaccine, but don't take it. No, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say don't take it. But A, he he tribalized this whole issue. And now it's Republicans who are on the, the anti-vax side of the issue. And that's kind of a logical extension of the way he of his own messaging. B, if he wanted to intervene now, he could he could make a big difference. I mean, it is it is literally true that if he really wanted to, he could push us to herd immunity. Probably, if he really wanted to turn it into his cause, he could do it. He could get tens and tens of millions of people to get vaccinated. He we won't do it. Has he gotten vaccinated? I think he has. Yeah, he did get vaccinated. Well. um but will he encourage he'll, anyone else to do? Maybe he will, and surprise me. He'll, he'll do whatever is good for, for him. And so, if he if he if he takes credit for the vaccine, and if Biden would give him some fucking credit for the vaccine, maybe he would bask in the glory of of promoting his own vaccine, and then he could say, "I pushed you into herd immunity." Great. 
Uh, well, it seems to me you have a shot at doing that, actually. Well, actually, if he did these messages, that would be uh, a good way to regain some of the credit he thinks he deserves. He could, he could, you know. Well, there we go. We get get your pal Bannon on the case, and and we'll get it, make it happen. I should call Steve. Um. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm um. I'm for that. Although, you know, I, I, I say keep an open mind that the vaccine might have side effects that we don't know about. Uh, you know, but it, it seemed worth the risk. That's why I took it, but there, it seems to me there is a risk. You know, I think it's, I think maybe the, the vac, I think it's been good for your hair. Have you looked at your hair lately since you got the vaccine? No, I haven't. I, the, um, um, you should check it out. It I, just I seems take, richer. It just seems I a do, little, a little do, fuller. I do take vitamin A which I think has been debunked, but I take it anyway. And the, I think vitamin A causes all your hair and hair-like things to grow. Like my nails, I have to cut them like every yeah. day. They they grow incredibly quickly. Is yeah. that true? Is that what vitamin A does? I have no idea, but it seems to be working on your hair. Yeah. Um, uh, well, thank you, Bob. Uh, it's I, really, I think you're, it's you're coming really... back to reality now. <laughs> um. So what else? You know, the, uh, the Justice felt, Department. It like you were trying to gaslight me there for a minute. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Do, I was, I'm just fun on you, Mickey. There's really nothing noticeably different about you. Same lustrous hair as always. Um, um, so, Bill, yeah. Bill Gates is getting divorced in a in an event that screams Jeffrey Epstein. Here's our Epstein angle. You know, I've met his wife. I'm, I met her. I, I gave a little talk uh to the gates foundation but i mean just just the like the you know like maybe i don't know 20 30 people who worked there and she was there we chatted was perfectly uh, perfectly uh wonderful human being i condemn him for divorcing her now i'm staying out of this actually um but it is it does seem a little coincidental that he is you know he 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 was a friend of epstein's he went and said, I, you know, his lifestyle is interesting. It's probably not for me. And then his PR person said, by lifestyle, he just meant, uh, the decor in Epstein's mansion. Now that uh, was in an email or something that was later leaked, right? It's not like Gates came a, out and said that to me. It's to in the a cameras. New York Times. It's in a New York Times story. It's an email she sent to the New York Times. Wait, that she sent? Yeah. Cause this came out long ago. This email. Yes, that- but. But the point is, the point You're is, saying she not, leaked it in the first place. Not His Belinda, wife? the PR person. Wait, not, wait, not wait, 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 wait. How did the email get out there? I the, assume the New York Times reporter said, "What's up with with Bill Gates constantly hobnobbing with Epstein?" And and this quote from allegedly that he allegedly said that he Epstein had an interesting lifestyle, and the PR person being an idiot, yeah, uh, I would said, say, said uh, and not having any better answer said uh that all by lifestyle he just meant the decor in his house gates gates has hopped up with epstein way too much supposedly he he visited him in paris it just this there's nothing that has raised the suspicion that gates partook of the epstein offerings uh more than his divorce from his wife hey, you know and what we need it happens it happens just when Jelaine maxwell seems to be ready to spill the beans on people as part of her plea bargain deal so if you were Bill Gates and if you were implicated in the Epstein shenanigans, this would be the time to let your wife get her distance from it. Huh. Now, there there is uh, there was a piece somewhere 
probably in like the New York Post or something, uh, saying that when he first, she supposedly she was with him uh, um, when he met Epstein or, or, or anyway, she was present. She was in Epstein's presence, according to this piece I read somewhere today. And uh, and afterwards was uh, kind of unhappy with the fact that Gates had any kind of relationship with this creepy guy. Supposedly, this is supposedly okay. a case. Well, that's interesting. Well, that, that would be quite rational. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, if you know, who knows what goes on in a marriage. Right. But if he downplayed the extent of his association with Epstein and the truth is that he there was more association that he didn't tell her or that it was not public and mm-hmm. it's about to come out. My impression is that even wives who know their husbands are, and, and I'm not saying this is the case with Gates, but fooling around, <laughs> the breaking point is often not the fooling around, but the making public of the fooling around. Sometimes. The, the people don't like to be humiliated in public. Uh, this is true. But, but you're not, um, you're not, uh, you're not, you're not hitting um, Melinda Gates in, in the sore spot, in her sore spot. I'm not. What's her sore spot, Bob? What is her sore spot? Yeah. I don't I only met her once. She didn't tell me. I, I forgot to ask. Sometimes you know, I ask women that, sometimes yeah. I don't. What is it? What is the answer? Clippy. Uh, oh so, yeah, she came up with was, was she Clippy, Mr. Paperclip's uh, mother Clippy, or what do you Clippy, say now instead of mother? What do you was say? The, she was the birthing person of Clippy. She was the birthing you know, she person was, of Clippy. Cha- I don't know. She was the champion of Clippy, I believe. And Clippy was this animated paperclip that was supposed to guide you through various things in Microsoft. It was a total disaster. Um, and, and Jim Fallows actually um, said that internally in the code that created Clippy mm-hmm. it was called TFC. TFC meaning this fucking clown. <laughs> the uh, for you younger viewers, Clippy it was a, it was a little icon of a it was like an animated paperclip, and you'd I be think, using Microsoft Word, and it would jump out and say, "Can I help you?" And you'd be like, "No, it's totally beyond your capacity, help. You've never helped anyone. Shut the fuck up." And I think yet, Clippy, I don't think Clippy is dead yet. I think Clippy is still lives somehow. Um. So uh, you know what we need from you, Mickey. As long as you're carrying the Gates divorce into Epstein land. We need you to be the one who does the grand unified theory. Bill Gates, Matt Gates. Bring it together, mm-hmm. Mickey. Remember, the Matt Gates thing has these a connection to these is this Israeli operative who's paying them. Wait, no, he's paying or he's getting the money. Anyway, he wants to have these people released from Iran. He's involved. Now, I don't need to tell you that the Epstein thing, you know, has, according to some people, an Israeli angle. Bring it all together, the, Mickey. The, Ep- the I can't do that. The Epstein-Israel angle has faded somewhat with the reports that uh, the uh, he gave this uh, trust advice to Leon Black, this billionaire, very rich man, mm-hmm. maybe not a billionaire, but head of Apollo hedge fund. Or, and, um, and apparently it was... Uh, it that black it was actually good advice that saved black a shitload of money that Epstein actually earned because because he, his advice was like totally from left field but it actually worked you know the the professionals that black had retained said this is crazy it was an idea so crazy that it worked um uh and so it's it's possible that Epstein actually earned some money legitimately mm. which means his reliance on subsidies from pro-Israel interests would uh, 
would be less. On the other hand, it's possible Leon Black himself with a pro-Israel interest. So uh, you never know. But um, I'm, I, I haven't been on the, I, I've been troubled by that, by the possibility that Epstein might have had some legitimate. That would really of, take some of the joy out of your life, wouldn't it? Yes, it would, Bob. Uh, but anyway, I, I, so I can't, I can't do the, you know, the, there's a, there's the a. Matt fam- Gates, Bill Gates. There's this famous Leon Weaseltier inversion. It's not the gates of hell that await us. It's the hell of gates. Meaning Bill? Yes. But now we not, have one of his, of, not one of his better lines. Now actually. we have the hell of Bill and Matt. So it really is the Leon Weaseltier apocalypse. The hell of gates is upon us. Um, but no, I can't do that. But I, I do, I, you know, the, the, this big, this is a big moment for Ghislaine Maxwell. They've postponed her trial and she's negotiating more. And what will she do? Will she, it's hard to believe she'll give up everybody. So how much, you know, will she give up some people and not give up other people? Is there a way that the people who don't want to be given up can get to her and offer her a tacit bribe not to uh, unload on them? Uh, is she just going to pick and choose on on the basis of who she likes? Uh, what are the what are the did the prosecutors want? Are the prosecutors saying give me the hell, head of Bill Gates, or do the prosecutors really want Donald Trump? Or what's going on with them? Uh, so it's um, it's it would be very very fascinating if we knew anything about what was going on, but I don't. Hmm. But but the, the, the anyway, that's my uh, Epstein interlude today. So, uh, Justice Department indicted the, uh, the Minneapolis cops, all of them, not just Chauvin, right? That seemed like overkill. The guys already convicted of murder? Well, I, what well, I was thinking about the other guys. I mean, these are junior guys. He's their, Chauvin is a superior, a superior officer to them. And in fact, I think he had just finished training one or two of them. And one of them said, you know, uh, when he turned the guy over on his side, he was kind of trying to intervene. Right. And, you know, in I assume that the police are somewhat like the military in the sense that hierarchy is sacrosanct. I mean, you know, it's unless you uh, now, I mean, if you see someone you're sure is actually committing a crime, uh, you're supposed to not follow the order. But, um, you know, I, I, I it would be I think it'd be asking a lot for like a, a, a rookie cop to. uh to like push his boss off of, you know, the guy he was on top of or something. But anyway, I don't, I have very, very, a very, very poor impression of who Chauvin is. Is he an asshole? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. He's got no, he's got no footprints. Why didn't he take us? Why didn't he take the stand and explain himself? It couldn't have turned out worse than it did. Well, we know that now. Yeah. I mean, I thought if he could have stake, taken the stand and showed some remorse, you know, at some point say, I'm sorry it happened and start crying. That well, would sure, have been very the whole, good. The whole jury went, the jury went off on all sorts of emotional things. Like he showed no remorse and like right. he was, he was smirking. And he had like a mask had his- on almost the whole time. So they could imagine the worst. I mean, he, he, he had very little in the way of human expressions oh, that they that. could see. Yeah, except I think he took it off when they were instructing the jury or something like that, but it was on almost the whole time. Huh. Oh, not in that. I mean, not when, not during the Floyd incident, but during the jury. No, no. I mean, when the jury was looking at him, they they didn't see like a full human being. But nobody knows. It's a mystery. He apparently is married. I don't think he has kids. His wife, I think, left him right after this happened. Uh, Of course, now that that we know that uh, one of the jurors was a BLM activist, or at least wore a BLM T-shirt. Uh, I doubt he could have reached that guy, but 
He only has to reach one or two. One. Right. Well, I, I assume that although they, it has to be, it's hard to withstand the peer pressure. They, if it's they were going to. They were. The best he could hope for was a compromise verdict on a lesser charge, but um, well, or just a, just a mistrial. I I don't know why there's this there's this uh, knee jerk. Oh, um, you know, we can't ever have the client. Maybe maybe my brother or somebody who knows more about criminal law can explain to me why you never have your client take the stand. I guess is it possible the defense lawyer was overconfident in his case? I mean, he'd done a pretty good job, but. I mean, usually there's a, they're afraid that there are a bunch of questions they can ask you that are not, you're not going to be able to handle well. But honestly, in this case, I think it would have, you know, it, 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 easy to say now, but it seems like it would have been worth uh, the gamble because his main hope was to just manage to convince him that he really didn't think he'd kill the guy. Also, um, it would be, su- be such a surprise. I mean, they probably had inadequately prepared for it. By the way, you uh, were you know? Ann, apparently Ann Coulter is right. I think this is the first time I've said this, that phrase, and apparently Ann Coulter is right. Yeah, I don't think I've ever said that. But the thing you said that she had said that uh, he didn't have his hand, Chauvin didn't have his hand in his pocket. Apparently, that's true. I mean, that like like they did, you know, the close up thing. He had these black gloves on. And that's amazing because that's like that, that picture became iconic. That shaped a lot of perceptions. But he had this black glove on and uh, it happened to match his pants. And you look at a close up of it. I assume that that this was a legit source I was looking at. They did their special highlighting thing and magnified it. And you could see the outline of his hand. Um, um, but a little uh, late, a little late for that to help him. But that, but that's a good example of something. If his defense attorney did not bring that out. There must have been a way to bring that out, right? Because the the alternate juror mentioned that, right? Yes, she had sat through it, the trial, it, and she still believed that Chauvin right. had his hands. No, that's true. That could be a way that the guy screwed up. Um, but um, uh, there's a there's a there's there is a a backlash that may be coming on crime. Uh, there's a big election in Pennsylvania on the 18th, uh, where the uh, the woke, I don't know if he's a woke DA, but he's a progressive DA who eliminates bail and does all the things that the progressive DAs who are weirdly coincidentally always being followed by vast increases of crime uh, around the country are doing. And, uh, and he's so he's become seems to have become a little toxic and he may get uh, beaten in the Democratic primary, which would be a, a signal that there's some kind of backlash against the uh, uh, progressive criminal policies producing crime. There have been other backlash incidents. There was a, there's some, uh, there was a, there was a school board where they banned critical race theory in Texas. Uh, there's well, a, Texas, I wouldn't call that a you know, huge challenge. Right, okay. but, uh, it depends on the um, school board. Do you know where it was? No, I, I got the impression it was a fairly affluent area, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and the, of course, the other thing is, uh, I'm surprised it was I here think, in the first I think, place. I think, I, mean, Lati- I think Latinos are somewhat resistant to critical race theory as well as whites. What, um, what is, you know what, you know what I'm going to ask you in the parrot room, Mickey, to explain critical race theory to me? I'm sure you can do it. I'm I sure. Can. I can just refer people to an Andrew Sullivan column, which was very good that I, it, it seems to assume that there's racism in everything and take it from there. Um, never but, mind. Uh, he did a pretty good job explaining it. Uh, uh, I can't do better. Um, 
the uh, and there's also the uh, a, a huge backlash, or at least a backlash brewing among elite New York private schools like Brearley and Dalton and Collegiate, uh, where according to Kay Heimowitz, the teachers are wildly unhappy. The classrooms are run by the students, particularly the female students who are woke, who like don't even don't want to do anything new and don't want to read anything that's going to upset them. Uh, and everybody hates it, except like, I don't know who likes it. The administrators seem to be tolerant of it, but there's a the parents are are the ultimate authority there, I would think. And uh, so I think uh, that there's a possible uh, backlash brewing there. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, the other big realm is the corporate, you know, diversity training stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a, 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 a wholesome version of that that might do some good, but sure, I'm sure there are I mean, some I, that don't. I, be, I believe in unconscious bias. I mean, I think there is unconscious bias. So, oh, of course, as you, as, 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 um, as, as you, your book explained to me, uh, the unconscious is real. Um, but um, so there is something constructive that could be done, but uh, I doubt that they're doing it. There, there was a very interesting uh, piece by Roger Altman, who I think was Clinton's treasury secretary, or he, he had some high position in the Clinton administration. Then he went to the private industry and uh, he owned the Inquirer for a while. And, uh, his firm is called Evercore, basically saying, look, corporate leaders have no choice. Uh, millennials are our workforce. We have to keep them happy basically admitting millennials are running the show. And he actually used the word millennials. He did not, you know, uh, he wasn't vague about it. He said, this is the generation that's driving it. And uh, uh, that puts the decision of the, all, all these woke corporations in some kind of perspective. It also led me to think, um, would it be legal to d- discriminate against hiring against millennials? And I posted something on Twitter saying, you know, it's not that we hate the young, People who are younger than millennials are fine. It's not that we hate the old. People older than millennials are fine. It's just this narrow band we want to discriminate against. And uh, the A, it didn't attract that much attention, and B, the attention it attracted saying said, seemed to indicate that it wasn't illegal, that it's only illegal to discriminate against people over 50. So you have 10 more years to not hire millennials before they can sue us. My daughters are millennials, Mickey. Careful. I do well, want to talk about millennials. To, let them try to apply for a job at Cal's Files and see what happens, Bob. I bet I could get them a job at Cal's Files. <laughs> there are no jobs at Cal's Files. But if there uh, were. If there were, you could, probably. They're wonderful, they're wonderful girls, as you know. They're lovely people, having met them. Um, so, uh, but, uh, let's see. How long have we been doing this? Uh, I, I can come up with the answer immediately. 54 minutes. We're approaching the hour mark, Mickey. Time flies. You know, it was kind of a slow week. I, I do think, can, can we give Joe Biden a little credit for finally uh, being prepared to to do these intellectual property waivers for the vaccines? I mean, we're not all the way home yet. Some other things have to happen for this. Why to, is um, that? Why is that a good thing? I mean, I mean, uh, a, oh. a, 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 it doesn't produce more vaccine, apparently, because the hang up is the production capacity. B, why not preserve the incentive for these companies to dream of vaccines by buying them? You know, it's we're confiscating property that we're supposed to give just compensation when we confiscate property. Well, so let's tell, sell Pfizer. Okay, we'll pay you X amount for all this vaccine. So Pfizer is happy. 
and the world is happy. Well, I mean, first of all, they're making so much money off of this that this will go down as positive reinforcement for vaccine research in their annals uh, by a long shot. But I, I mean, I kind of uh, I was wondering the same thing long ago when Biden was resisting this call to suspend IP, thinking like, why don't you do a little compromise? In other words, yes, uh, use your authority to demand to, you know, get this done, but still say to them, uh, we'll get you like a, a dollar per vaccine. I mean, remember, the, the, the you know, we're talking about a case where the, the pharmaceutical company doesn't have to spend any money. Somebody just sets up a factory. They get the know-how. They they do the vaccine. And if you say to the vaccine company, look, we'll make sure you get a dollar uh, per dose or something. So this even this will be making money for you. You know, you could get, well, Bill Gates. Bill Gates could literally buy vaccines uh, for the whole world and it wouldn't even make a dent. It's like a rounding error in his wealth. And and um, so I was wondering, why didn't they work out something like that that makes a few uh, a few American billionaires uh, feel like, you know, white saviors of the world or whatever and um, and keeps the pharmaceuticals happy. But anyway, this is better than nothing. There will be a time lag that we're not ready to exploit this yet. And there's some other things that have to be done. the more I the more I read about it, the more it seemed like a stunt by Biden to a- appease the left, and it's actually not going to produce any more vaccine. Well, that's and, almost and, intrinsic and, in the thing. In other words, they've known all along that you heed the call to suspend the IP. You're not home yet. I mean, you you have to get the know how to factories. And but look, but we could be in be this various, for a long there time. There seem to be various international bodies that have to give their approval too, and they're not giving it. Well, we need to convince some more rich companies that are still resisting this. I think. I mean, Merkel um, said no. Yeah, but when you no. think about it, it's absolutely crazy that the world hasn't done something like this. It's a global pandemic. I mean, what this, what this indicates is that we just in this realm. We do not have the degree of international governance that you really need to tackle truly global uh, problems. We're just we're just not dealing with this thing rationally um, I, um, at a global level. And I rest my case. Uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, the international example of the EU is not very encouraging in this respect, since they fucked it up, and and loan countries like the U.S. and Britain didn't fuck it up. Once well, they, they didn't fuck it up from their national point of view, but that doesn't mean that was helpful from a global perspective or even in the long run from a national perspective. If you failing to address it at a global perspective, you know, leads us to, to, to have three new killer variants a year from now. Well, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's their fuck up at vaccinating people that's going to lead to new variants. How does, how does it help the world if the EU was slow at getting the vaccine out? Well, first of all, I don't think the total number of vaccines that entered the world was affected by anything the EU did, right? No, I think they delayed regulatory approval stupidly for a month or so, yeah. And, well, and they're catching up to us now, but... I mean, look, we've been slow on regulatory approval. We still haven't done AstraZeneca, and a lot of places have. Um, uh, but, but you know, I mean, it's in the nature of regulatory bodies that they sometimes won't move fast enough for some people. But, but, I think but that's not about is, the EU any more than, than our failure to approve AstraZeneca is an indictment of national governments. Why haven't we approved AstraZeneca? I don't know. Because we have, we have three better vaccines and we don't need it. I, it doesn't make sense. I mean, there's a ton of data on it. It's just that we didn't collect the data, I guess. I don't know. It wasn't connected in the U.S. I don't know. There, um, there's all sorts of things to talk about. 
You mean uh, you mean now or in the parrot room? Well, you're going to say put it in the parrot <laughs> room, but let's talk about at least one of them now. Uh, okay. It seems clear to me that it looks, you know, there are, there was all this. Uh, uh, this isn't necessarily the best one. There, uh, there was all this talk that the the voting rights bill S one was going to be the engine, the battering ram that was going to cause the Democrats to abolish the filibuster, which is not going to happen. Which seems to be not going to happen. They're having huge troubles getting support for it. Um, so. Um, and there's uh there's um the pangolins are on the run, Bob. There's all Is that the, the way you pronounce it? Pan- so uh pangolins. The pangolins, the pangolins. The pangolins. Pangolin. I think it's ooh, pang- pangolin, because remember I, I actually at one point sang Pangolin Delight to the tune of Afternoon okay. Delight. I think it was ooh, Pangolin Delight. Yeah, sure. Okay. okay. Wait, Nobody... what are you saying? What about pangolins? Well, there's this huge article by Nicholas Wade saying that uh, not I read, only I read not some only not only uh, it does the weight of the evidence, and he he, he didn't say it was conclusive, point to a, a a leak from the Wuhan lab, as opposed to animal transmission through the pangolins mm-hmm. uh, from bats to humans, but also uh, it was probably an enhanced version of the virus, so it was probably optimized to infect humans because that's the research they're working on. He doesn't say it was intentionally released, but it was intentionally optimized. And what's more, it was funded by Anthony Fauci. So it's all Fauci's fault. So um, those are the three new things uh, in the Wade article. I, again, it, 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 but it does get them away from, oh, it's the evil communist party. Uh, no, yeah, no. I mean, I mean, if this is what happened, it was a case of you doing what's called gain of function research, which is apparently right minded researchers do it, including Americans. I don't understand it. Why? Well, the idea, apparently, it seems risky to me. I, and, I, and I imagine we will revisit the wisdom of it if, if it becomes clear that this is what happened. But yeah, the um, and there were American researchers involved in this, I think. And and uh uh, that were connected with a lab that were collaborating because apparently there's something researchers do. They intentionally manipulate the genetic constitution of a virus to see ways in which it could become more lethal or more transmissible. Well, you better have really good security if you're going to do that. And I'm not totally sure I understand the value of doing it. There must be some, but yeah, it looks like that could be what happened i mean i mean this is again it, it it in a certain sense i guess could happen to anybody it's a kind of research that's done in in various countries but um it's it's not crazy that that uh happened yeah i guess the argument would still be that uh china was china was sloppy and then covered it up well even there i mean you know I, uh, we can talk about all that in the pair room if you want in terms of what i think kind of happened it wasn't some uh, grand. It, 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 I don't think it was some grand conspiracy to prevent it from the world. You know, we got the they they gave us the sequence of the virus on January sixth. And by the way, do you realize that within one month of that, Moderna had the vaccine. Within one month of January sixth of twenty twenty, when the sequence was released by the Chinese, they had the vaccine, and then the rest Apparently, was testing. Uh, Apparently, it's not that difficult to design a vaccine once you know what the spike protein looks like. So that well, I think the, I think the, the, the apparently the mRNA 
uh, is a revolutionary thing in that regard. And, and it bodes well for our ability to adapt to variants. I, I hope. just, I, um, but it's the testing. They got to speed up the testing. There's a, uh, there's a medical blogger whose name I, Derek Howe, Derek, Derek Lowe, who mm-hmm. blogs, who, who as soon as the, as soon as the, uh, the sequence was released, he said, well, this looks like a promising point and this looks like a promising point and that looks like a promising point. He didn't imply that the, the difficult part was designing something that would target the promising points. The difficult part is the testing and, and you might get it wrong. So it's, it's just good that they got it right. Hmm. Um, anyway, um, uh, we, 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 I, I don't think we want to talk about the Chinese culpability in the parrot room. Uh, I said all uh, I know. I mean, there, it wasn't, there wasn't plenty some of, there's plenty of data. That, there's plenty of data that the investigators want to get that they can't get even to this day. Yeah. I mean, I will say the other interesting thing in that Wade article was that, uh, I mean, in terms of getting to the bottom of this, I, I've seen, I'm now aware of a second uh, force of, for uh, obfuscation. I mean, the first is the crazy Bannonites like, uh, you know, Peter Navarro saying, could have been intentionally released. It's a, bio, a de- intentionally developed and released bioweapon, which is, you know, nuts. I mean, you, if you were going to release it, you wouldn't do it in China if you're the Chinese. Um, but, uh, but from the other side, the Wade article pointed out that if you look at the initial uh, kind of rush to dismiss any kind of uh, lab escape hypothesis, including this much more innocent one, um, some of the, the people who were uh, dismissive of the possibility were high-powered American researchers who had a stake in this. And, and they were... Um, you know, they there's some guy in New York who organized, uh, you know, some big shot scientists organized a letter writing dismissively about the possibility of laboratory escape. Uh, and, and he had some connection to the Wuhan lab. But the, the point is, there's always all these people with vested interests, I, ideological, financial, I heard, whatever. I heard right as that was going on very early on, a big shot who you whose name you would know, who uh, whose name I can't divulge. Went to a group of Wall Streeters and said, "Look, it it was it was escape from a lab." I mean, you know, I was hearing that no, pretty there, early, they, and, yeah, and I have not been dismissive. I have not been dismissive. Of it. I thought you were dismissive, but if you no, say, go find it, go find it. I'm, I've been I dismissive of uh, of intentional. the weapons of the weapon. Yeah, but he, but there's a heavy case for China being irresponsible. I mean, right now we're all cowering that a Chinese rocket might land on our heads. Are because we? China is the only country that launches heavy rockets that then fall back to Earth uh, uncontrolled and land on random people's heads. Apparently, it's much more likely to land on our heads if we lived in the Sudan, but it might hit Khartoum, and there are millions of people who live in Khartoum, and this fucking and, Chinese rocket is coming down. And you have long events concern for the welfare of people who live in Khartoum. I just think it's irresponsible when no other nation does this for them to do it. It's not a point in their favor. They'll, as global they'll, they'll be shamed out of doing it again. But I, but, but as long as we're talking about they don't that, seem to be, they don't seem to be shamed out of much, Bob. Okay. We've been doing this in the hour. Uyghurs, should, the, the Uyghurs would be in much better shape if China was shamed out of doing it. Let's things. take it to the parrot room. We're going to, uh, we're going to talk, uh, China, including this crazy, uh, China bill supported by, uh, or, or, you know, basically largely created by, co-sponsored by Robert Menendez. Uh, we, I've got a piece in uh, the Non-Zero newsletter that goes out 
right now, today, uh, about what a menace Menendez is, uh, this bill being an example. I want to talk about what that. Does the whole bill, what, does this, what does this bill do? Oh, I'll, it, I'll tell you in the parrot room, Mickey. Um, it's, just, it's like, does it have any, is it bigger than a bread box? It has to do with China? Yeah, it's called the what is it? Strategic Competition Act or something. It's 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 a it's all about. It's got some 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 kind of seemingly nutty language. Uh, he's the guy is just a menace, and it's in well, we'll talk about it. It's an interesting question. Like, why is the most hawkish person in the entire Democratic Party chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee? How does this happen? Um, uh, the. Uh- Especially when he's not guilty of many federal crimes. Right. Point. I mean, he's he's lucky not to be in jail. Um, I know. mean, he, he got off on a mistrial, as we note in this piece. He got off on a mistrial, but still was condemned by the Senate. Um, what is, well, they, you know, he's a total sleazeball. Talking talking about things in the parrot room is saying we should take it to the parrot room is your way of tapping out, Bob. What do you mean by tapping out? What does that mean here? It's a wrestling term when you've when you're caught in a oh. clench and you want to get out. No, because, I'm totally, oh room. no, I'm going to kick your parrot ass in the parrot room. Parrot, I'm gonna parrot, kick, parrot room is your safe I'm going to kick your, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to kick okay. your ass. I would, I'll tell you, I would pay to see what's going to happen in the parrot room, there's, Mickey. There's a bunch Speaking of other stuff. only to, for a, myself. There's a bunch of other stuff to talk about. There's Ron Brownstein's description of what's new about Bidenomics. And he's right about some things that I think are wrong about others. There is, uh, the annoying, the annoying tendency of the other side in, to insist that people, that Trump has con, uh, confessed to too much. Uh, there is, um, on the other hand, there's the annoying tendency of people on the Trump side to say, uh, well, how dare the Democrats try to produce these big changes with a slim majority? Or well, like, why can't don't, they? Don't leave it in the locker room, Mickey. There's the Twitter tips. There's the Twitter tips. You're going to uh, give us Twitter tips? Tip, Twitter people are going to start being tipped, Bob. We can talk oh, about that. Oh, oh good, good. Uh, um, uh, and uh, a whole bunch of other good stuff. Okay. So, and I want to, I mean, we will continue our psychoanalysis of you in the pair room. I want to finally make good on my uh, promise or threat or whatever to talk about this World War One book. I keep saying I'll do it. I'm going to say at least something. I want to talk a little about woke, woke, Disneyland. There was a piece about that in the Washington Post. Um, Why would you want to psychoanalyze me, Bob? Yeah, it's not like we've seen any strange behavior lately. What lustrous hair, Mickey. Um, the, the, okay. uh, so you're not going to tell us in the what is that? You're going to tell us in the parrot room what the deal is with the hair? There's nothing out of the ordinary, Bob. I don't know what you're talking about. Reminds me of the what is it in in Twin Peaks? Is it the fa- is it the father Leland who just suddenly shows up and there's suddenly what? Oh, his hair has suddenly turned white or something. Anyway, I'm not saying this is like that because that hair's not white. Um, the uh, oh wait, I want to okay, maybe talk a little bit about Zuckerberg in the parrot room. Like, I, I, can you convince me that he's and don't tell us, don't give it away. That he actually has any kind of moral compass at all? Can you? That is, that's what I ask you. Um, maybe talk a little about millennials and whether, um, well, I worry about the millennials. Of course, I have uh, a couple of their children of mine, but still, I worry about them. Um, and, uh, I want to say a couple of other things. So anyway, parrot room, 
at patreon.com slash spare room. You can go there just to support Bob and Mickey and who, who wouldn't want to do that, but also that would give you access to the pair room. And Mickey, I want to thank somebody who, um, an amazing thing happened last week. Okay. I, uh, I said, please rate and review the right show. And then I went to my podcast app and the day after I asked that, uh, there was, uh, uh, a new uh, review, which was five stars. Now, you may say only one new review. Okay, but on this podcast app, Podcast Addict is not a big part of the market. There's only three reviews of my show in all of history, and one of them I wrote, okay? So if a new review shows up the day after I call for people to rate and review my show, I got to I got to draw a causal inference here, right? Um, yes. Uh they and they didn't take down the third one because they figured it was a friend of yours. No, it just says excellent five stars. That's what I wrote. I was in a hurry. That, that happened. Note- that happened to my book and it was really annoying. Somebody gave it a really good review and and Amazon immediately took it down because it was seemed implausibly positive. And yet, I had nothing to do with it. And you know, it's funny. There was one the day before I asked. I think the day before. Yeah. Isn't that weird? The, the only two reviews. Uh, well, I think Podcast Addict ju- uh, just made it much easier to write reviews. So maybe I'll oh. take all that back. Anyway, rate and review. Also, when we asked people to smash the like button on YouTube, I think they did it. Either that or that was just a hell of a show because we like doubled our normal number. So so we encourage that. We asked for that. We begged. Um, great. Although the, the, right, the right show, you, inter- you, you talk to so many people other than me. Mickey, you are it's- 50% of the right shows. One okay. person. One that man. makes me feel better. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel better. It's it's like a husband telling his wife, you know, you're fifty percent of the women I sleep with are you. I can't say that to you, Mickey. Although, <laughs> if you keep working on your hair, it'll it'll seem yeah, a okay. little more plausible. But um, anyway, you're so you're not going to tell us in the parrot room, like what is the deal with the hair? There's no deal with the hair. You're, you're starting to really annoy me. <laughs> Please. Okay. okay. Well, anyway, you look see you there. marvelous, and uh, we will uh, see you in the pair.